Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of I'll Be Right Back. I am your host, Tony Beltran, and my, oh my, am I excited about this show today. Some very special guests from The Weight Room in Harriman. I'd like to introduce you to Mr. Jake Hudgens and Mr. Ryan Cotter. Oh, great How's to be going? on the show. <laughs> yeah, same. Thank you for coming, gentlemen. So for those, for the listeners who do not know, actually, I'm sorry to introduce you and then go in a different direction, but I should say, so the idea of this show is simple. Um, RSL wants me to, and I want to as well, to kind of uh, get a behind the scenes and the different personalities that work here at the club, not talking specifically about soccer, not on the field stuff, not X's and O's, but really the people behind this organization. And, uh, you know, that's why I'm having you two on, because these are two people that I work with day in and day out currently in my rehab and have a, a large uh, handprint on what goes on day to day with the team as well. So people behind the scenes who are very prominent in the success of RSL, but, you know, maybe not highlighted that much. So, gentlemen, I'm really excited to have you on. And uh, again, thank you for coming. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Thank you. So, so let's talk uh, specifically first. Let's go through, like, what exactly is your guys' titles at RSL? What do you do here? Uh, I mean, I'll start. Uh, so I actually have a dual title. I'm a dual title. Head of performance for Ooh. the academy. So I do all the strength and conditioning for the academy, all the warm-ups, all the GPS stuff, all the testing, all the kind of just everything for the academy. Um, and then I'm the assistant performance coach for the first team. Okay. So Henry's the director of physical performance, to lose title. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just his yeah. assistant with the first team and then do it all with the academy. Okay. And Jake? Yeah, and then I'm, I think my official title is... Uh, maybe professional performance intern. We should or have performance more intern. Titles. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we do. Uh, At least one good thing seems yeah. to show. We'll give yeah more defined roles. Uh, but essentially, I help with pretty much every single team in some capacity, whether that's uh, or everything involving performance. So that could be with uh, helping the GPS for the teams uh, uh, in the weight room, obviously during lifts or during you know. Things like what you're doing like right now in the rehab, if any like any other supportive stuff like nutrition needs. Okay. Uh, I, I know the uh, the shakes have been a uh, a pretty big hit the last couple of weeks. So <laughs> whatever I'm doing, I'm just going to keep doing that. Well done, because those yeah. shakes have been an issue for like honestly seven years. I think Kyle and I have been complaining about the shakes, and yeah. I haven't had them this year because I'm not you know training with the guys yet. Right. But I'm really excited. I'm not surprised to hear that Jake yeah. that your well, level of shake is has is Kyle super been complimentary of the shakes. You know we haven't discussed it, but I think in our next yeah I'll bring that up next yeah. time. Yeah. When well, Kyle's on the show, that should be one of the points. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so. So I think uh, what the listener can take from that is that's a really broad role for both of you guys uh, mm-hmm. for what you do at RSL. And that's the thing, like, um, you know, outside people think like, obviously we do work with Mike and the entire coaching staff a lot, but so much of this stuff, so much of the soccer stuff is sports science and that's where you guys come in. And, you know, we are with you guys uh, even more, I would say, than the coaches just from like, you guys warm us up every day or in the weight room every day, you cool us down with the recovery aspect. It's kind of like, uh, you know, two pronged attack between you and the trainers training staff as well. Let's talk about how you guys get those roles at RSL. How did you decide to study sports science and all that stuff? And how did you get to here? 
Okay. Uh, so I played college soccer at like a small D3 school in Michigan called Hope what, College. What position? Played outside back. That's I was right. a right back Yes, as well. you did. Yeah. Yes, you did. You were uh, all day. Tony was my idol growing up. <laughs> <laughs> no chance. Uh, yeah. So I played this D3 school. I studied uh, exercise physiology just because okay. that's what I was interested in. I liked working out. Um, and then as I was graduating, essentially like all the jobs I was qualified to get, I was had zero interest in. So I didn't even really know like these jobs of professional and college strength conditioning existed. Well, I guess I knew they existed, but mm. I had like no idea of like the detail of them or how to go about getting one. Sure. So I was pretty much like, okay, I'll just keep going to school until I figure out what I want to do. Because <laughs> what's available to me now, I'm not interested in. So uh, I actually took a GA position at the University of Utah. Okay. Um, in actually the exercise physiology lab. So doing like bipods, VO2 max, blood lactate, body composition, test uh, testing, stuff like that. Okay. And through that, um, one of the guys who was in uh, my master's classes, uh, his name was Cody Lockley, and he was a GA in the weight room. So he worked with women's soccer. And uh, I was like, well, that's what I want to do. Like, I want to do what you do. So um, you want to be with the Royals, not us. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he was nice enough to help me. Like, he's like, yeah, just come start helping out with my team. So I helped okay. out with his teams, um, got really into it. So I was doing like 20, 30 hours a week in the weight room. And along with the 20 or 30 hours a week I was doing in the lab. Um, and then after that, I got a paid internship at the University of Georgia. Okay. So I worked there for a year. But not with soccer, or was it with soccer? Uh, so in a position like that, um, a school like Georgia that has a ton of sports, uh -huh. um, essentially you help out with everybody. So kind of like what Jake is doing for all our teams. But, exactly. But across the board with all the So you help sports. out with everybody. Okay. So I did equestrian. Equestrian. So I want to work at 70 equestrian. horse riders. No. And uh, literally 70. And then cheerleading, maybe like lower priority sports in terms of like strength sure. Conditioning. What what is the regimen like for the equestrian athletes? Like, are you just doing tons of squats or? Uh, we did like do a lot of squats, a lot of like groin stuff. Or the... we did do a decent amount of yeah. groin stuff, but we did a lot of abs. <laughs> uh, it was also just a lot of uh, you kind of have to know your your clientele. Okay, and. A lot of a lot of circuits. Yeah. 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 The thing that is going to help them with their performance. Okay. Um, then also on the side, be like, all right, so. Please the athlete. Yeah. Let, yeah. Yeah. Keep them, keep them interested a little bit. Interesting. Okay. Uh, so I was there for a year and then my first full-time job was at uh, Northern Arizona University. Mm -hmm. So I did women's soccer there and then men's and women's basketball. Okay. So I was there for a year and I got a um, job at the University of Maryland. Mm -hmm. So I did men's soccer, men's lacrosse, and women's gymnastics. Okay. And so I was there for two years, and then I met uh, Tony Jouot, who's the head strength conditioning coach for New York Red Bull, and they were looking to hire a second strength conditioning coach. Um, so I went up there with him um, and was there for a year. And uh, and then a job opportunity came back at the University of Michigan, sure. where I'm from. Yeah. And uh, so I've been away from home for like the past five, six years. Okay. And so I thought I wanted to go back home, um, but then I went back and just it wasn't a great fit. Um, and I wanted to get back in the MLS. Um, so I knew Henry from when he was at Washington. So I kind of got in contact with him, and they had a position open, and it worked out. So that's okay. Tar, so. okay. And for those who don't know who Henry is, what's Henry's specific title? He's Henry is the Director of Physical Performance. Okay. Yeah. So, so he is kind of the head of all the strength conditioning. For all the teams. For all the teams. For all the teams. Okay. Yeah. So people, you know, if you see, like, videos of us warming up before the game or, like, you know, wherever – Henry's the guy who's always doing that, and he oversees everything. Exactly. Okay, cool. Jake, what about yourself? Uh, so I also started a smaller liberal arts school. Started off at Davidson College. Davidson. In North Carolina. Yeah, it's uh, Seth Curry's old stomping grounds. There you go. Yeah, that's the only reason why anybody knows it. But <laughs> it's uh, it, was, it was fun, and um, but I wasn't learning what I ultimately am 
doing now. Mm-hmm. Um, I was majoring in biology, thought I was going to be an orthopedic surgeon. Wow. And uh, really quickly realized that I didn't want to do that. So um, w- was enjoying, I-, I went there to play football, uh, was another re- big reason why I went there. And uh, loved being in the weight room, mm-hmm. um, but didn't know as much about strength training and performance and, uh, you know, exercise physiology as, as much as I knew I wanted to. Okay. Um, and so I, I transferred, transferred down to Florida state mm-hmm. and got an internship with, uh, the football team strength conditioning stuff. Football. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got football there. Guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Football guy, um, you know, mostly. Okay. Um, but when I, when I got down there, this was right when, uh, Pretty much, well, my first fall there, we won the national championship. So it was it was a great time to be there. Um, and what percent was due to you? 70? Uh, at least 70%. I mean, if you not, got there if like not one, higher, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we were there. I was there when we were the best. So, I mean, there's got to be some that correlation. Makes a lot. Yeah, I can we, see that. Yeah, we should win it this year, for sure. Uh, I had a similar effect on the Georgia equestrian program. Yeah. We also won the national championship. Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I went down there and uh, they were doing just some some really high tech stuff uh, in the weight room and out on the field. Is they had just adopted um, the the same GPS uh, monitoring system that we have here. Okay, and for those who don't know, that's like the little bras that we always wear. Yep. People always ask me like, "What are you? Why are you wearing a bra when you're training?" Yeah, it's a little GPS unit in the back that um, you know everybody loves to pretend to forget to put on and then you guys <laughs> run around and hand it out to us. Is it really training. that annoying to wear? No, I mean, honestly okay. it's not. And I think it's gotten more comfortable over the past couple of years. The annoying one is the heart rate monitor because it just yeah. falls down as you play. Yeah. And like halfway through practice, everybody throws it to the sideline. Yeah. Um, and we've totally abandoned that here. Yeah. Which is great. So that's what I've heard, which is great. But I wear the GPS in games and I think it's no big deal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So sorry. Keep yeah. Going. And they, um, uh, so they had just started really getting into that. They had a, um, sports scientist there that uh originally from india uh but a huge manchester united fan okay and um his name's craddock and he uh i just spent a lot of time talking with him and i guess um soccer and then uh australian rules football is where uh gps really became big hmm. um originally uh, but especially before it got to college football so um that's where I learned a lot about this, just the system and, and how you can implement it and, you know, why it's beneficial to use and, you know, diff- different things about it. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then towards the end of my time at Florida State, I was, I was getting a little bit burned down on football and just, just the culture um, that it kind of uh, is. And What do you elaborate on that? What kind of... You know, it's uh, so much of it can still be, uh, I guess, like an old school mentality of... Yeah. You know, no pain, no gain, and uh, <laughs> a lot of sports yeah. cliches and whatnot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and um, but I feel like that's part of the sport. Like, absolutely, yeah, I want to say a, like it's necessarily wrong either. Right. It's just different. It's yeah. It is what it is. It's just worrisome because you have to bring the pain every day. Yeah. And like, it's. Like, I mean, it's. You a, have to have um, the personality to do it. Right. I mean, it's a sport. Like, uh, I saw a quote uh, a few years ago that said that um, a that like. Uh, sports like football and rugby, uh-huh. um, they're they're not just contact sports; they're they're really collision sports. You know, a, a sport like soccer and basketball, those are absolutely contact sports, but maybe they're not quite collision sports. Like where the goal is, that's to, a really like, good way to word it. Hit, hit yeah. the guys. Okay. Um, 
And so, yeah, there's definitely a mentality that you have to bring every day with that. And, I, you know, I, there was just so much of it that I was just getting kind of tired of. Just and I knew, up, yeah. yeah. Um, and so I'd only had experience working with, with the football strength staff there. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked a little bit with the, the Olympic sports, but not so much. And so I knew that there was a lot of sports science and strength conditioning that I hadn't learned yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went, to, went back home to the Atlanta area, went over to Athens, Georgia, also to UGA, um, to, to get my master's and worked with, uh, interned with all the Olympic sports okay. strength staff. Um, so got tons more experience working with soccer, baseball, basketball, volleyball, uh, pretty much all the sports, but football there. Okay. Um, was there for a year and, um, and then realized that college maybe wasn't where I ultimately wanted to work in mm-hmm. and just my personality and you know, the way I like to look at strength conditioning, uh, maybe the professional setting was going to be a bit better. Okay. Why is that? Why does it differ from, from collegiate so much? Whether they're going to school, obviously social lives are kind of at an all time high when you're in college. <laughs> yep. Um, the season's very short and there's a lot of rules on what you as a strength conditioning coach can do, um, outside of the weight room. Mm-hmm. Um, you get almost more time than you need in the weight room in college and then not near enough time on the field. Okay. Where it's almost in the professional level. Well, I mean, it's going to be different club to club, but just my personal opinion, it's like you can do as much as you, yeah, yeah, you can do yeah. as much as you want in the field, but uh, maybe you don't do as much as, again, just my personal opinion, maybe you could do a little bit more in the weight room. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like flip between the two. I agree. Yeah. What we do is kind of, well, I mean, what I'm doing is different and we'll get into that later yeah. because I'm out for a long period of time, but like, you know, in the course of the season, the weight room stuff is more of like a supplementary, you know, yeah, it's right. like a compliment to what we do on the field 100%. because obviously, you know, if I could squat, if I can trap our deadlift a thousand pounds, that'd be really cool, but yeah. it doesn't make me a better right back. Yeah. Um, right. so yeah, I totally get that argument. Yeah. Okay. And, and so I, I just, I knew that, um, you know, if, if there was an opportunity that, that came up in the professional setting, especially the MLS, because I knew that the, the sports science that, uh, is in soccer right now mm-hmm. is, probably to a greater extent than uh, most other American sports, I think, at, at this point. Okay. Um, so I knew I would learn a lot and get a lot out of it by coming to, especially a place like this, where we've got just about everything you can think of when it relates, when it comes to training and sports science and strength conditioning. For sure. Um, it is crazy so. how, like, over the past, because um, this, this wasn't always the case for RSL, yeah. but I feel like over the past maybe just for soccer in general over the past five to seven years, it's just exploded how much um, emphasis is put on this aspect of our training, like, uh, you know, data forward and all that stuff, which is really cool because, um, you know, there's so much more money involved in the sport now. That extra edge, you know, that extra inch is, is you know, can make dividends in the field. Yeah, I think you have to definitely, uh, or what I'm especially learning right now is that, you know, there's a, a certain way to apply it and mm-hmm. look at it and, because uh, I do think you can also get lost in the weeds of it, um, but you know when when you apply it appropriately, it's I think it's a great tool, and or there's a lot of great tools that you can use, um, and so yeah, been here for just a few months now, but it's been it's been great so you're, far. Yeah, you're enjoying it so far. Yeah, Ryan and you yourself, or I mean, yeah, we have a bunch of a couple of rookies here. Yep. Yeah, um, only been here since January. Only been here since January. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you came to Utah previously, so you've lived here before. I lived in Salt Lake for two years. Yeah, when I was going to grad school. That's right. Yeah. So I know so, the area a little bit. So initial impressions of uh, pro soccer and professional ranks compared to like you know you guys like Jake, you've been in football. 
Ryan, you were, you know, equestrian. Mm -hmm. um, so <laughs> that was my strong suit before. <laughs> strong suit for, yeah. for sure. Well, I worked for uh, New York Red Bull as well. That's right. So I had That's also right. done soccer. But you uh, wanted to come out to the Western Conference because obviously, you know. That's where the real players are. Yeah, superior yeah, program. Real yeah. 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 players trained at altitude. Exactly. So, okay. So, yeah, initial impression so far. Um, I absolutely love it. Um, and, I mean, I tell the, my buddies that work in college and just other people that I talk to, like, this is by far for me, like, this is the best job I've ever had. Uh, just my personal job is like I train the academy in the morning, mm -hmm. um, then come up to the stadium and uh, train the first team guys in the afternoon and then go back because we usually have something at night with the academy. So, mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's long days, but one, it's all soccer, which is obviously the sport I'm interested in the most. Um, and especially with the academy, um, even much more so than college, it's like a true high performance environment. So kind of like the limitations yeah. we talked about with college before. Sure. Um, of this, the burden of school, um, the social life and depending on the sport and the program you're at, like not all of those guys are hundred percent committed to being professional athletes. So maybe they're not, that's not the driving force behind their life. Like I want to be a professional soccer player. Yeah. Um, whereas with the Academy here, that is 100% the driving force behind all these kids lives is, I mean, they've given up normal social lives, normal high school lives to try and be professional soccer players. Um, for sure. So, yeah. I mean, we can train as much as we want. So you don't have like the NCAA limitations like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, they go to school, but it's not as much of a mental tax as colleges. Um, it's a little, I mean, everyone, high school is a little bit easier than college. Sure. Um, and then they live right on campus as well. So we control what they eat. We control when they train, how much they train. Um, I mean, you just essentially, you have control of everything. For sure. Yeah. Um, which is unbelievable environment. Yeah. It, no, it is. It's very, it's almost like militaristic in a sense. Um, which yeah. is, it's just a breeding ground for future soccer players. Yeah. And I feel like as I say it out loud, it sounds like a bad thing. Like we have control of everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's not the case at all. Like, uh, I believe the kids still enjoy being there. Uh, of course they all do. Yeah. yeah. It but, is, a, it is a tough balance though. And you know, because, um, the reality of the situation is all these kids want to be professional soccer players, mm -hmm. but they're not all going to be professional right, soccer players. Right. And so of course, you know, I should, I should make the point that the school, you know, Mr. Hansen has set up is a very high caliber and they're all, there's a lot of focus on their studies as well. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Is, I didn't mean to dismiss that. No, no, no. no. Yeah. I know you're not, <laughs> but it, it just is an interesting aspect of kind of how the sport is evolving. Because um, like it is in Europe, like it is in other countries. That's why these these teams are so good. They have so many good players because from a young age, these kids play soccer day in and day out. And that's all they do. They live, eat, and breathe soccer. And so creating that culture here, you know, it's a big shift. But that's how we're going to get the best players. That's how we're going to win the World Cup someday. It's, you know, it's the future of RSL and really MLS. Yeah, I mean, I agree 100%. I mean, especially since I've been here, seeing how often we train, how, how hard we train, and just kind of these kids' literally lives revolving around soccer. Um, this is like it, it makes sense that other um, places in the world where they've been doing this for decades are are farther ahead than us because you just get so much more exposure yeah. um, on a day to day basis. Um, so, are we yeah. modeling our program kind of off of these uh, you know academies like the Arsenal Academy or you know European big club academies that have uh, been doing this for generations and generations? Yeah, I mean, I believe, and I could be wrong, but I believe we're the only full-time residential academy in the U.S. in terms of everyone think, yeah, lives on site. So I know Philadelphia has a res residential academy, yeah. but it's like you live with host families around the city. Mm -hmm. I think Vancouver is the same. Um, Vancouver, they might live in all in one place, but they go to school, like a public high school. I mean, okay. we're literally, it's like the dorms, where you train, and where you go to school are all within 100 yards of each other. Wow. So do these sports sports science programs, like, uh, you know, say, for example, the Arsenal Academy, do they have similar programs, like what we're doing in 
in place or is, oh, yeah. is it, is it di- because the culture is different, you know, from country to country, is there like specific nuances of the sports science world that they're doing versus what the Americans are doing? I wouldn't say there's anything out there that they're doing that we're not doing. To be honest, um, I, like Jake was saying earlier, like the, the kind of the tools um, and what we have available to us here, it really is unbelievable. I've never had access to, there isn't anything that I want to do that I don't, that I can't do here. Yeah. Like what was the thing we were doing yesterday? Uh, it was oh, some kind of K box. K box. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is my first time doing this yesterday. It was a new thing we we're introducing in my rehab. And this is something that NASA actually developed and that the astronauts. I don't know if NASA developed it, but they use it in space because it, it's not gravity dependent. It's okay. flywheel provides the resistance. So astronauts in space, when they're on the space shuttle or the space station, they're doing these set, these quad sets on the KB, KB squat. Is that what it K-box. is? K box. K box. Um, yeah, which is which is incredible to me that like obviously they have unlimited resources. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that I'm kind of on the parallel rehab stage that they're doing over there. It's mm-hmm. wild. Yeah. No. Um, I mean, there could be some things like in other countries that I'm just not aware of. But like I said, like anything, yeah. anything here that I've ever wanted to do, like there there really is no limitations, which is a pretty unbelievable feeling as a practitioner. Yeah. Everything that I've been exposed to thus far, uh, or have learned about you know, thus far that other countries or other teams have been doing for either, you know, at least maybe a year or two, Mm -hmm. we have access to doing and have the capability to implement this tool or, you know, this, uh, this training, you know, program of some kind. Um, So yeah, it's, we've got our hands full. Yeah. That's really, really exciting for the club. You know, one half of me wants to say, man, I wish I had that when I was uh, yeah. 12, 13 years old. Yeah. But it, it, you know, I'm not begrudging. I'm, it's really exciting yeah. to see what these kids are, how good these kids are going to get, you know, over the next five, 10 years, because they are going to get exponentially better than the current crop of players. And I think, uh, I want to say Albert told me this, um, that, so he obviously was in Manchester City's Academy. Mm-hmm. I think they stopped going to school when they're 15. Yeah, that's wild. That's probably not going to happen in the states. No, and I don't know if yeah. that should happen. Yeah, but I'm just saying like sure. that. That's just like an example of like how far they take it. That's it's pretty yeah, much like one, after you finish like ninth grade, it's just like, I mean, are you in or are you out? <laughs> yeah. If you want to keep going to school, you're probably out. Yeah. That is wild. Okay, well, let's talk about um, outside of soccer. So, like I said, you guys both have different backgrounds. So, what's the difference, like Jake specifically? So, football always uh, <laughs> always kind of interests me. So when I used to do off-season training, I go to this place, Athletes Performance in LA. It's based yeah, out of the yeah. Home Depot Center. It's called Exos now. Exos yep. now, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And so I same would, company. Same company. So I would do this uh, training program. You know, it, was, it was more like a cardio training program, but then I'd also be in the weight room in the afternoon every day. And these college football players who'd be getting ready for the combine would be training next to me. And it's like, I mean, it puts things in perspective. Yep. You know, obviously I'm not... A, a gentleman who's very tall in stature, but these guys are like otherworldly. It's almost like yeah. they're a different species. And then when you see the weight that they're throwing around, it's like, it's just mind blowing. Yeah. They're, no, they're <laughs> for the most part, every single college football player, especially, you know, in the bigger programs, they're, they're physical specimens. And some of the, the weight uh, that they're able to lift or the, actually the, the speeds that they're able to, you know, obtain sprinting um, without, even really training as much uh, as like somebody like I have probably put in yeah. is incredible. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I just remember so many like, you know, just like little stories about uh, or, or seeing guys do like we had this freshman at FSU come in that hadn't done a single lift or workout in high school ever. And he was <laughs> a big guy already to begin with. I mean, he was pushing 315, 315 pounds uh, and probably six, three or six, four. Yuck. 
Um, it's like three yeah, yeah, 18 years old. <laughs> and um, we were doing, uh, we were doing uh, power cleans. And um, we had maybe, I don't know, 135 pounds on the bar. And for mm-hmm. somebody you know, that size, it's, that's a warm-up set. And we're just you know, trying to teach them technique. And it's, you know, it's a fairly complicated lift sure. um, you know, compared to others. But you know, right off the gate, just does it perfectly fine. You know, like he had been doing it for years and, uh, and so we let him, you know, keep going up in weight and he finishes doing like 365 pounds, which <laughs> first time, first time ever, time ever, first time ever doing it. And it's, those are the kind of athletes in football, especially college football. Buying a home can feel like navigating uncharted waters. Redfin agents can help. They'll answer your questions with honest advice. So you know exactly what you're getting into. They'll also help you tour as many homes as you want and show you what it takes to make a winning offer. With a Redfin agent on your side, you can sail straight to your dream home. Local expertise from Redfin. That's real estate done right. Tour subject to property and agent availability. Virginia Office Falls Church, VA. 844-759-7732. Uh, been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Obviously, the NFL that um that you can get you know yeah. and, and at that kind of strength level and you don't really see those kind of athletes anywhere else i mean i feel like in a lot rugby of sports might, rugby, rugby might for yeah, sure yeah. but in a lot of sports and i think uh soccer because of the technical side of it and the tactical side like hard work does play a big component into like how good you sure. get obviously you need at natural athletic ability but football is the only one and it fascinates me because these guys are just like born you know just absolute athletes yeah <clears throat> yeah and kind of what jake touched on before like it is it's a collision sport so like being big and strong is so much of the puzzle. Yeah. Where with soccer, like being big and strong, like plays a little bit of a role, but like, let me just say hypothetically 5%. Mm-hmm. Whereas then the other 95% is your technical, technical skill, ability. Your technical yeah, sure. Uh With football, like you could know the game extremely well and you could have good like moves as a lineman. But sure. like, if you can't, push the person in front of you around, no. like nothing else you matters. You just can't play. Yeah. yeah, that's really So yeah, the physical yeah. side of it is so massive in football. Yeah. yeah. Does that and so that that plays into the culture of it as well, like what you're talking about. Like, yeah. what are some of the, the crazy cultural examples you can tell me about? Oh, I got well, and then we'll go into equestrian too, right? Yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's just there, like I mean, don't say anything that will get Vic in trouble. <laughs> no, well, this was actually something that happened when I was a, a player at Davidson, and um, we had a, a strength coach there who um, was, was a good strength coach, mm-hmm. um, but. He, he told us a story about where he was an assistant. I don't, I don't remember where it was, but he was an assistant somewhere. Um, and before, before the games, players just wanted to get so hyped up and so, you know, just so pumped up to, to play and to go, you know, literally hit people in the face and just, you know, collide their bodies with other bodies for the entire game. The only way that they were able to do that was to, uh, Use the uh, sniffing salts. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, use them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, a lot of so they would use. Those too. Yeah, they would use that, you know. But then they would go into the weight room, max out on their deadlift, and then run out onto the field as like their warm up. Is that conducive to performance? Uh, I can't 
I can't really think of any reason why it would be. Should I, when I come back, should I just max out uh, on that? There's something said for like post activation <laughs> potentially. Yeah, a little, maybe like a, little a little bit of heavy lifting. So yeah. I had a, one of my college coach, uh, Dave Mazer, because I went to St. John's for a semester. Um, he always wanted to make us run a Cooper, which if people don't know, that's uh, two miles in under 12 minutes. He wanted us to run a Cooper before the game so that we'd be on our second wind for kickoff wow. so that we'd be like, like at a faster level. He like really, really wanted to do this. We never actually did it, oh. but he would always talk about it. <clears throat> Yeah, I just can't imagine that being productive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe this man knows something. He was that I know, he was a phenomenal coach and a yeah. phenomenal motivator. Like I can see him kind of fitting into that world because you know when I was there, I would run through a wall for this guy, and that's right. like what a, yeah. Yeah, what a lot of it is. But yeah, the smelling salts we use, and I, yeah. honestly, I use them every game. Just kind of like I don't know. I do think they kill brain cells, which is probably not a great thing, but hundred percent, hundred percent, not a good thing. But <laughs> it does kind of wake you up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, a few sniffs, you know, every yeah. Saturday is no no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what about you? Got to tell a story about the one you told me about where it's the um, where where these how these guys get their breakfast in the morning. So I guess the head football coach just had made some I guess innocuous comment like during the team meeting like how energy around the facility have been low lately, <laughs> and uh, this strength coach really took that comment to heart and took it personally. <laughs> uh, and just how the program ran there, it was something like uh, like lift started at six thirty, so like breakfast started at five thirty, sure, something like that. Um, so the guys are filtering in for breakfast like 5.15, 5.20, like I'm sure like all groggy-eyed and just trying <laughs> yep. to get through. And uh, he's standing at the uh, entrance to the cafeteria with a blowhorn, uh, blowing the blowhorn and just repeatedly yelling, if you want to eat, you have to compete. <laughs> and he had like four <laughs> battle ropes set up and you had to win a tug of war battle before you were allowed to enter the cafeteria to eat. Yeah. Yep. Oh my gosh, I love that. And that is, I mean, yeah. That is quintessential college football yeah that yeah. like kind of sums college it up right there i feel like yeah college football strength conditioning is like there's nothing else in the world like it because nfl yeah. is not like that no because um, you can't tell grown men like what to kind of what yeah. to do on that yeah. level and i don't want to give like the connotation to that these are all negative things like i'm sure like the kids love this kind of stuff yeah, yeah. to be um, honest i kind of love an aspect of that just because yeah. you know i'm so competitive yeah and i mean yeah it, it, I it's don't know. yeah it's such a different world yeah. um there's a level of, of grit that it, it breeds yeah you know, by for sure just being in that environment uh, so do you think that's something we can implement here at RSL? Like, can you, can you imagine? Uh, <laughs> you, I can imagine Jake, I can't, I can't Jake, tell you, I can't imagine Jake with that. a blowhorn in yeah. front of the cafeteria and then poor Justin Glad out there like <laughs> trying to win, <laughs> trying to win a tug of war. Talking to like Pecky, like, Hey, uh, Justin's not going to, he's, he's gonna not going to train it. Yeah. He's going to practice. Like why? Like he hasn't been able to win a tug of war <laughs> match yet. So he, he just won. So now he has to eat. Yeah, and he then, can't uh, eat. He needs to tape his ankle. Like he's yeah. going to, he's going to be a little bit. <laughs> Oh my gosh, uh, poor Jay Glad. Um, okay, so let's. I, know, I feel like we, that was doing Jay Glad a disservice there. He's not a weak guy. No, that's true. He's yeah. not, and he's made a lot of gains in the weight room over yeah. the past two years. I, mean, I think that, he's one of the yeah. stronger guys, honestly. Yeah, he's he's been getting after it, and yeah, he, he he's you know one of those guys that actually talks about you know really enjoying lifting. Yeah, and, and, and he could be lying to us, but yeah, he could be. Lying, <laughs> it but. seems he seems genuine. No, yeah. he's a genuine guy. Yeah. He wouldn't he wouldn't tell a lie. And to be honest. Um, before I'll say before you guys came, but really before this injury happened, I never was a big fan of lifting. Mm-hmm. I would do a lot of like uh, my cross training for strength training would be like a lot of yoga and a lot mm-hmm. of Pilates, a lot of body weight stuff. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know why I never was really educated in it that much. And you know I've had some lower back problems in the past, so I was always kind of adverse to throwing weight around in the sure. weight room. Yeah, and I don't think that's uncommon for soccer <clears throat> no. players. For sure, kind of have that mentality about it. Exactly, like you know you look at Neymar or somebody like or Messi. I don't think they're killing the weight room every day. But right. but I will say, since I've been doing this now with you guys for the last four months, 
I have grown, you know, a significant fondness for for throwing the weight around mm-hmm. in the weight room, as they say. Yeah, and, you've been uh, killing it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, let's uh, let's talk about my rehab a little bit. What um, maybe talk about how you've constructed that program a little bit and kind of what we're doing on the day to day. Yeah. So for you, uh, your week mostly. Well, this week is kind of in. Well, starting last week was new just because you're on the ground running now. Sure. But which before is awesome. this, yeah, running in the Alter G, which is uh, for people who don't know, it's a it's a treadmill that can alleviate body weight by mm-hmm. blowing up and creating a lot of air pressure. So you could have you, what do you start at 25% of your body Started weight? Started at 25% body weight, which yeah. is really strange. Yeah, yeah, you feel like you're floating on the You mill. really do feel like you're floating, yeah. yeah. So why that tool is so valuable is just because, um, obviously running is the vast majority of what you do from a physical perspective on the field. Sure. Um, so that's the thing you want to get back into as quickly as you can, retraining those muscles in that gait pattern. And then, um, I mean, you can do as much cross training as you want in terms of on the bike, with the ropes, on the Versa climber, doing other things, mm-hmm. but nothing is going to prepare you for running like running. So that's why this is so great because you've been running, um, despite the the injury, like you've been running, albeit at, at altered gravity for what, it two must months be, now? Yeah, for two months now. Yeah. So um, the advantage there is that like my, the body mechanics are there. So like yeah. my body is kind of used to the motions and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then so when I transition back to the grass, it's more fluid. Yeah, it's like you've been running the last two months as opposed to not running the last two months. For sure. Um, and running at higher speeds, too. That's true. Um, running at much higher speeds than you would be if you were just outside on grass up until this point. It is such a weird feeling, like, especially when you, like you said, I started at 25%, but then once you get to certain levels, like, I remember when I hit 80%, it all of a sudden felt like I had 200 pounds on my back. Really? It was, yeah, it was the weirdest thing. And then when you deflate at the end of uh, the run, that's also the weirdest thing, is <laughs> it's, it is the sensation, like oh my gosh, like the weight of the world is on my shoulders all of a sudden. It's <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, yeah, so that's been the main focus. So the running Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then sure. we've been uh, strength training Monday, Tuesday, Friday. Mm-hmm. So we start the week off with an upper body lift. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Favorite we, day of the week. Best day yeah, of the week. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> um, and then we do a quad, a more quad dominant lift on Tuesday and mm-hmm. then finish with like a more hamstring dominant lift on Friday to finish off the week. Yeah, so the idea is just to like strengthen everything just to protect the the ligaments and whatnot, so you give yourself a best ch- the best chance for like not re-injuring the area. Yeah, exactly. And mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people, uh, especially in the soccer world, maybe not might not see the importance of also doing some upper body lifting. But mm-hmm. just in terms of obviously the legs are the most important, but just in terms of like the endocrine endocrine response um, that you're going to get from even upper body lifting. Endocrine. What is that? Endocrine. For- so like um, hormone response. Yeah. Like you're okay. still going to elevate like testosterone okay. and growth hormone levels. Like sure. doing bench press and pull ups. Um, that's still going to influence um, your leg strength in the okay. long run. And then also just like um, from a nervous system perspective, because obviously we can't tax your legs every single day, but getting like a, a really large neural drive from like a heavy bench press, mm-hmm. like that's still going to carry over into being a more, a better athlete. Okay. Um, even though it's obviously not specific to your sport. For sure. Yeah. So I still think that that upper body lift day is an important day. I know. I agree. And now having done that for four months, I can definitely see the side of it because you know, I feel stronger than I ever have been. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, up top, but like overall, really, I have this like sense of, of, of strength. And that's like, uh, especially after going through a surgery like this or two surgeries, it gives you kind of a sense of security. Like, you know, like, okay, I'm stronger than I was before. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm in a better position than I was before. And, you know, that's going to play in kind of the mental aspect of once I have to get back in the field and get into those situations where, you know, where I have to think about, you know, the play where I was injured or, you know, plays that I could be further injured and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so yeah, no, it's, it's all encompassing, like you said. And it is a little bit different than say what we were talking about before with like football strength conditioning where that is literally just be able to produce as much, especially if you're like a lineman, be able to produce as much force as physically possible. So it's all about 
how much weight can you move? How much weight can you move? How much weight can you move? And how how large of a human being can I become? Gosh. Where that's obviously not the goal for you. We want to get you as strong as possible. Uh, honestly, with gaining as little weight as possible. Yeah, I think I've gained. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'll weigh say three pounds. Three pounds. Yeah. yeah, and that's that. I mean, that's all probably up top. I, I mean, I'm currently going through doorways sideways. Just, just you <laughs> yeah, know, just yeah. A, but so think about you gain three pounds of muscle mass, and well, I guess we'll do your bod pot in a couple of weeks. That's true. And see exactly what it is. But for people who don't know what a bod pot is. Tell them what exactly what it is. Uh, so it's just a way to measure body composition. So essentially, you go inside. It's like a giant egg, and yeah. you just go in yep. there in your underwear. And what happens? Yeah. Well, so the pot it measures the uh, the volume and the pressure of the chamber when it's empty. So it knows the volume. So it measures the pressure of the chamber when it's empty, and then it measure it remeasures the volume and pressure in the chamber with you in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, it's it's basic densitometry. So obviously, your your body displaces a certain amount of air increases the pressure in the chamber and then um also you're on the scale before so it knows your body weight so it knows your volume and it knows your weight so it knows your body density and then across like different populations body density is uh fairly consistent sure um like your bone mineral density and the amount of fat you have in your organs and brain and stuff like isn't going to vary that drastically from person to person Mm -hmm. so taking those uh kind of variables as constants it can predict your percent body fat based on your volume and your weight Okay. And that's important to us because we want to be like the, the, you know, optimal body weight for performance. So like if Jordan Allen's eating too many cheeseburgers on the weekend, then you mm-hmm. guys will know. And then you'll tell him like, we'll find hey, out in two weeks. right? <laughs> but so, I don't think Jordan Allen is an issue. He seems to be. No, 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 no. I know. I think I'm, I saw I'm giving the kitty out. thing hanging up in his locker the other day. <laughs> I wouldn't be he's surprised. Like, I don't he's, know if he's using that as motivation. He's a motivated right? individual. Yeah, I love the kid. He's also letting guys know that he's been putting in the work. That's right. He has. Yeah. Um, but yeah. so in your example, like I say, it'll probably be, say it comes out, we've gained five pounds of muscle and lost two pounds of fat. So that's the overall gross gain of of three pounds. Um, But think about how much stronger you've gotten um, with only a three pound increase in body mass. Like that's That's true. That's huge. Um, And what, and so you, we don't have all these measures yet because we're not doing speed testing or vert testing that'll come in the following weeks. But Mm -hmm. like, I just know with our academy kids, like we'll have kids who have, um, this is the first time they've ever strength trained. So they're concerned about like, wow, I've gained seven pounds like in the last like three months. Like it seems like a lot. And I'm like, yeah, but then also look at your, because we test vertical once a week. Mm-hmm. Um, your vert has consistently gone up um, almost every single week, and your 40 times are getting faster, and your max velocity when we do um, sprint days on the field is getting faster. So it's like, yeah, you're, you have more muscle mass, but your, your increase in the strength are, are so much greater. You're able to overcome that extra muscle mass and still be able to produce enough force to jump higher and run faster. Sure. So it's all positive. It's all positive. Okay. Yeah. And that, that pays dividends with the kids. Maybe not so much like with yeah. guys my age. It's just going to be, you know, more minute in that mm-hmm. regard. But, you know, definitely at a younger age, that makes sense. I think there's also the, the connotation that uh, to that when you lift weights, that you're definitely going to gain muscle. You can get stronger without necessarily gaining a lot of muscle mass. And so I think there's a lot of athletes that get worried about, um, you know, gaining too much sure. uh, weight. That is a common fear, especially mm-hmm. on the team with yeah. like lifting yeah. and stuff. I agree. And, and so I think that, you know, for the players that don't want to strength train um, because they're afraid of getting, you know, too heavy and they're mm-hmm. not slowing them down, um, that that's not the best way to look at it. Um, no, you can, I mean, especially yeah. in the first couple of months of training, it's going to be a, it's going to be a neuromuscular increase in strength. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it sounds weird, but like being strong is a skill like anything else. So sure. your body yeah. just gets better at recruiting like higher threshold motor units quicker. Yeah. Um, so that in and of itself is going to make you stronger without you essentially gaining any muscle mass at all. Mm-hmm.
Yeah, so, no. I mean, that's the vast majority of what you've experienced over the past couple months. Absolutely. Yeah. No, and, I, and yeah, I got to say, it's been a lot of fun. Like, yeah, like I said, I was adverse to, really adverse to the weight room, you know, mm-hmm. before before this year, but uh, I've really enjoyed the, the whole experience of it and really mostly the, the learning experience, like learning the sports science behind it and kind of, you know, because this is really the only way that I can see gains and kind of have little victories each yeah. week mm-hmm. is seeing, you know, me go up and wait, me beat Jordan in bench press, you know, little things like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> little, little things like that. No, but for real, it's so... So that's been the uh, the rewarding side of it, um, but let's let's shift gears a little bit. So so we know we know what you guys do, but let's talk a little bit about um, your life outside of of RSL. So Ryan, you lived here before. Jake, this is your first time living yep. in Salt Lake. So I know when you move to a new city, you know as I did eleven years ago, it can be tough to to kind of uh, you know find your find your place. Sure. Um, obviously it's a little bit different for us because, you know, when you're involved, when you're part of a team, you already have this like built in group of people that you interact with and, you know, friends and whatnot. Ryan, I know you live with Matt Holly, mm-hmm. uh, someone else from our sports science department. So how have you found the, have you guys found the transition into Salt Lake and are you enjoying life here? And let's... yeah, I love it. Um, like I mentioned before, I'm originally from Atlanta, mm-hmm. uh, or just outside of Atlanta. And so coming to, you know, just kind of the west side of the United States and and a very different um, uh, landscape, sure. you know, with, with the mountains and everything has been uh, a really cool experience. Um, just driving into work every day uh, and seeing the mountains is something that, you know, you don't get anything like. And, and you never um, get tired of it. No, it's crazy. Never. You never I, get tired of it. I, I, I remember the first week I was here, I was like, man, this is, this might get old quick and I, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be sad because this is really cool. Yeah. And it hasn't yet. Um, so that's just been a cool experience. Uh, went uh, skiing for in, in the uh, Rockies for the first time. So there you go. That was pretty cool. How was it? Did you do well? Uh, yeah, I did, I did okay. Did uh, they teach you pizza and French fries? I just know <laughs> I, that from I knew, TV. Yeah, I, I knew I've pizza never, and, and French fries. No, I've never been. Really? I've never tried. But I skateboarded growing up, so okay. once I retire, I'll try it. And yeah. I'm sure I'll get carried away and break a leg or something. Sure. But it'll be fun. Yeah, we'll, we'll train you back. Up to, <laughs> yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, but, uh, I, I mean, I've been, I've been skiing... Um, in the Appalachian mountains a, a number of times. So I was, I was okay. Uh, I was good enough to, you know, enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, but just a totally different experience for sure. Uh, n- nothing like that, uh, on the East coast for sure. So that's been, that was fun. And, um, uh, yeah, just experiencing just Salt Lake and, um, you know, the fun, fun things to do around here. It's mm-hmm. been great. Yeah. Uh, but it's been, a, it's been an easy, uh, and, uh, yeah, really fun transition. Easy transition. It was the yeah. same thing for me when I first moved here. I remember, like I always tell this story, but when I was at the draft um, in 2008, that's a long time ago. Wow. So, and then, you know, they call my name and you go up there and give a little bit of, give a little speech. And I remember I said, I can't wait to start my career in the great state of Utah. And then everybody in the crowd started laughing. Like, really? like, yeah. And there, it was kind of like this connotation, like this, you know, stupid kid, he's going to live in Utah, you know, yeah. jokes on him. But you know, since day one, I found out that this place is a hidden gem and it's just yeah. the quality of life you get here is absolutely off the charts. The people are so yeah. nice. Like you said, the scenery, it's just, it really is a, a little hidden gem and it's this bubble that people don't know about. Yeah. I would say it's gaining in popularity. It is gaining sure. in popularity. I'm a little concerned um, about but that. But I do think yeah. it is yeah, massively underrated. I mean, that was a huge part of why I wanted to come back. I'd lived here before and I enjoyed it so much. Like, so just like a stark contrast from living in, I mean, different people like different things, but sure. I mean, living in New York, like you have everything the big city life has to offer, but you also have so many negatives from the big, like the traffic, mm-hmm. the parking, everything. The expense. Everything is a million dollars. Yeah. Um, and you come out here and you have, it's obviously 
not everything in New York has to offer, but I mean, it's still a big city. It's mm-hmm. still professional yeah. sports. You still have great restaurants, great coffee shops, great nightlife. Great, great restaurants. Great, yeah, great, great <laughs> unbelievable sushi. It's it's actually a hidden gem for sushi. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, and it's not crazy expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no traffic. Yeah. Um, you don't like when you go downtown. You don't have to worry about parking. Like essentially, like all the he- headaches of like a really really big city like in New York or Chicago, you don't have. You have ninety five percent of the benefits. Sure, is the absolutely. Way I look at it, and then the outdoors is obviously a game changer. Too, yeah, absolutely. So. And like that's something I don't get to take advantage of often enough because you know obviously we're taxed out with uh, you know with with work, physical obligations, and all that. But like you know every chance uh, before I was injured when I had a weekend off, go to Moab, go to the mm-hmm. mountains because it's crazy. Like, and you go to Moab, you go to these places down south. And everybody around you is speaking a different language because people are coming from all over the world right. to go to visit here, yeah. which is you know a huge compliment to our to our little state. Um, so yeah, really cool. Okay, so what about so life here is great. What about outside of the team? Uh, I mean, I haven't really met anybody outside of the team. Um, not that I've also tried that. Not until the show. Yeah. Yeah. yeah until the show. <laughs> you um, want to give out your Twitter handle? Maybe. Oh yeah. yeah. Maybe. Maybe not. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, just hanging out with. You know, guys on staff and sure. um, checking out downtown and, um, you know, or going out to Park City. A lot of a lot of good coffee. A lot uh, of good coffee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't drink coffee, but that's what I've heard. Yeah. Great, uh, great coffee in, around the area. That's so good to know. It's been, uh, it's been very nice. Okay. So. Ryan, you're, you're in a little different boat because I know you're a, you know, young, single uh, <laughs> so what about um, you? Older you, than Jake. That's, that's <laughs> um, true. I mean, yeah, you're like six months younger than me. But yeah. so, what about have you made any friends outside the team? Well, I'm in a little bit different situation too, just because I lived here before for two oh, years. Oh yes, yeah, so you so have a friends couple here. of my buddies okay. that, um, like, I played on the club soccer team with here are still around. Okay. Um. So yeah, I do know a couple people, but I would say still 90 percent of the time I'm hanging out with uh, with guys in the team. Yeah. With guys, well, like on the organization. Staff, yeah, exactly. Yeah, people from the organization are probably the people I still hang out with the most. Um. Which might like sound boring, but I mean it's a massive organization. It is, and yeah. it's uh, a lot of different people doing like different. It's not like we only hang out with the strength staff. Like people who work in the front office, people who are um, who just have different roles on the team, and uh, yeah, it's a great crew. It's For a great sure. organ. It really is a very good organization. Really is a good organization. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's like a very positive vibe here, and I think yeah. it's, you know that just like extends from the community and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the the caliber the caliber of individuals that we have working here, like everybody's awesome. That's why I'm so excited about the show, is because you know. We're going to have everybody on from the organization and like really get to know people because there are so many great people here. So what is the name of the podcast again? It's I'll Be Right Back. Thanks for well, we're like 50 minutes in. I remember saying that in. the beginning, but what is, like, I guess what I was getting at is what is like... I'll yeah, Be Right Back? Yeah. So, well, that this is actually so a little story about this. So I wanted to call this show What I Talk About When I'm Not Talking Soccer. And that's an ode to a book, which is called What I Talk About When I'm Talking when I, what I talk about when I'm talking about running, which is a book by my favorite author Haruki Murakami, okay. and so there's a nice little tie in there. And because the idea of this show is we're not going to talk about soccer specifically, obviously it comes up. You know, we've talked about like soccer related stuff today, but it's more so just like you know hanging out, free form, kind of mm-hmm. evergreen content, just about uh, you know people within just you know talking as friends. Okay. And so, but then that got shot down because you know my producer Ryan, you know, he's a stickler, <laughs> but he said it was too long. So uh, Mr. Tyler Gibbons came in with I'll be right back. And it's kind of a play on words because I play right back. Oh, honestly, and I, I will know. be. That actually makes a ton of sense. And I feel like an idiot <laughs> for out of that until just now. It's okay. <laughs> it's all good. A great name. It is a great name. Yeah. yeah, Tyler said that and we all went, oh, okay, yeah, there we go. So yeah, it's been a fun ride so far. But um, all right, so thank you so much, guys. I appreciate you taking the time out of your yeah. day. I know you guys usually lift in the afternoon. So um, 
We still will. You yeah, still will. There we go. This has definitely been the strongest episode so far, for uh, sure. For sure. Yeah. That. Good. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for uh, for coming on. And if people do want to connect with you socially, uh, what are your guys' Twitter handles so they can see all the the insides within the sports science worlds of science worlds of Jake and Ryan? Uh, mine is at Coach Cotter two. Coach Cotter two. I don't know who Coach Cotter one is, but <laughs> I'm two. I gotta let them know that you know you're actually number one. Hey man, I appreciate that. Yeah, uh, I think mine's Jay Cudgens. Jay Cudgens. Jay Cudgens fifty two. Yeah, that's with an I, not okay. an E. In case anybody's familiar with like Vanessa Hudgens. I was gonna say you're related to her, right? Uh, no. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but did you know? Uh, so you know she stars in High School Musical, and that was filmed in Utah. Did you know that? Oh, actually, I did know. That. Yeah, East High School. East High School. Yeah, oh, big cool. shout out to East High. I don't know their mascots. Um, their mascot. Red, I know that. The what is it? The red. The so red, they're red. red. Okay, they, they are red. I, don't I know do know uh, a few uh, standout individuals that graduated from East High, though. Big shout out to my buddies Josh and uh, Jared. So, yeah. but anyways, thank you, gentlemen, for coming on today. It's been a lot of fun. I appreciate it, and uh, thank you for the listener for tuning in. One thing I should reference as well: the book club. So we're gonna do seven books over the seven remaining months of the season. We talked about this last episode. The first book is Isaac Isimov's I, Robot. I'm going to push the whole list out on Twitter so you can follow along there. Um, and then next week on the podcast, we are planning on having on Mr. Justin Glad and Mr. Jordan Allen. we got some really exciting things to talk about with them, in particular some, some original high art. Thank you again for listening, and I'll be right back. The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it.